Okay, there was a video, but we'll skip that now, and we'll move straight on. So the last nine weeks, we've actually been going through a series for those of you, I think Esther introduced me, but I have to say everything this morning has been a little bit of a haze for me. So I'm Colette, my husband Craig, and Jamie are in the front row, and I've also got a, a son who's 19 and in Peter Marisburg. So, Yes. Looking good for 55. <laughs> so the last nine weeks, we've, um, Craig has taken us through a series, um, and it's been quite amazing. So it's unshakable faith, and it's going, been going through four letters to four churches. Actually, it was uh, five letters to five churches. <laughs> Gave us a bonus one. And it's how we face challenging times and how the Bible gives us courage to have unshakable faith even when we are faced with chaos. And courage is such an interesting choice of words and a similar one to the topic I'll be speaking on today. So you may have heard this buzzword. It's called grit. I'm sure the slides will be coming anytime soon. And it's called Staying, and I've entitled my message today, Grit, Staying on Course. So grit, in other words for grit, is perseverance, resolve, courage, bravery, pluck, backbone, fortitude, determination, stamina, tenacity, perseverance, endurance, overcoming, Stickability, Craig made that one up. Dig deep, staying the course, completing the race. The Bible has this to say. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. That's James 1 verse 12. In Hebrews 12 verse 1, it says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. That seems to be our tick this morning. And the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So I, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. This is from the Amplified Version, Ephesians 4 verse 1. It says, that is, to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. You're blessed when you stay on course. Walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. That's right. Don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road, he said. You, God, prescribe the right way to live. Now you expect us to live it. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to the course you set. And that's Psalm 119. Um, Verse 1 to 6, if you don't recognize the translation, is from the Message Bible. Uh, I have a friend, she's visiting here, uh, Gerda, you met her earlier, she brought a word. And she sent me a message a couple of weeks ago. My notes are doing crazy things here. 
but we'll ignore it. And um, she sent me this WhatsApp. She said, while I was watering my beautiful pink and purple petunias, I moved the stem slightly and a few flowers broke off in my hand. I remember thinking that these are so beautiful, but man, they are flimsy. And then a bit later, I watered my succulents, and often the kids bump them with the soccer ball. That's you, Luke. And they go flying, or I find them with their roots out of the ground, and yet they never die. They are so hardy and so beautiful too. Anyway, as I prayed for you guys, I just felt God saying that Grace Cove is like a young, succulent plant, so durable, full of nutrients, and able to withstand a few knocks and still live, and so, so beautiful. So this put me in mind of pioneer plants. See, we're back on, so we're good. And pioneer plants are the plants that um, often when there's a forest fire or there's total desolation, they're the plants that pop up. We'll see the next slide, a couple of slides, is often they're the plants that when there's, everything is desolate, they're the plants that pop up in bricks and paving and dry rocks. And um, pioneer plants are hardy, they're able to withstand poor soil nutrition and very little care. They are plants that you see in bricks and paving, as I've already said. It's growth and fruitfulness despite the circumstances. They bring life to their surroundings. And so today, as I'm talking to you, I'm trusting that as you listen to this message, and this is my disclaimer for you guys, that the Holy Spirit will infuse you with courage. That comfort will take second place to calling. And that has been my prayer. So that like a pioneer plant, like the scripture says in Psalm 87, the Passion Translation, that they grow stronger and stronger with every step forward. And the God of all gods will appear before them in Zion. That we will grow stronger and stronger with every step forward. And maybe you're saying today that actually you're not strong enough to take a step. And I just want to encourage you that as I go through my, my message today, to just take courage and take heart. Um, there's been so many words coming through this morning along these lines. Esther, you led so well this morning. But I want to remind you, even as the tech has been upside down. I mean, I'm, I've been more nervous for this preach than I have in a very, very long time. And that's the thing is sometimes there's so much noise going on around us. There's so many distractions. Uh, every time something that pops up on screen that shouldn't, we need to block out that noise and just listen to one voice, his voice. So my preacher husband has taught me the key to a good preach. And it's this, that you have to have alliteration. So here we go. I'm going to be speaking on three main points this morning on history, heart, and hero. The first one is history. History shows us that we can get through this. It's no lie we're living in difficult times evident to everyone. Sometimes when we're going through hard times, it's been a 
It's often a personal battle. But this battle that we're in right now is very public, and there's not, I don't know, one person that hasn't been affected. So quick recap. Can I have my water? I'm not used to talking so long, so many words out loud. (laughs) I talk lots in my head, but that's about it. (laughs) So a quick recap of the last couple of, of weeks. If you weren't here, just to hear the preaching, is the books that we've been looking through of Colossians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Philemon. And these were letters that were written to churches in different cities. And they were written by the Apostle Paul, who was actually writing from jail. So he was facing an extremely difficult time himself. In fact, when, these, when he wrote these letters, he knew for a certainty that he would be killed because of his beliefs. So they were tough times. And history can tell us many things. I'm going to paint a picture for you of these times. Can you imagine walking down the street and there on a pole lighting your way is someone that you were in church with the day before. Maybe it's someone you had a conversation with or someone that you prayed with. And he has, because he's a Christian and that's the only reason, has been taken, put on a pole and burnt alive just to light the way. Can you imagine coming to church and it would be, you would be meeting in secret and asking after a family who is missing, only to be told that they had been sent to the arena. Man, woman, child, the elderly, no disqualifications. Their only sin being that they were Christian. <laughs> Going to the arena, if you don't know what that means, it means that they were fed to lions just for pure entertainment. So while we're turning on our TVs, people would go and watch these uh, Christians being killed in the arenas. How about a few years later, when there was so much sickness in Jerusalem, that you would literally just open your front door and chuck the body out of the door? They were facing hard times. We're not alone in, in what we are facing And so when we look back at our history of mankind, we are reminded a couple of things. The first thing is that we are reminded that hardship is seasonal. There's a beginning and an end. What we're facing now, although it seems unending, will end. Can you remember when COVID was just supposed to keep us home for two weeks? Remember that? Hey, now we can laugh. (laughs) It's been exhausting and confusing, and I've lost my notes. (laughs) It's been devastating and painful and relentless. And yet, we know that if we look back at the last year and a bit, that God has brought us through. He is faithful always. Thank you. James 1 verse 12 Mark sent me this message this week. It says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. We can get through this. The second thing that history reminds us of is that God is faithful. 
He never leaves us, never forsakes us, even when we deserve it. He is gracious and kind. James 1 verse 3 to 4 says, Because I know that through the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking everything. Some of the key words there in that scripture is finish its work. Let this unshakable faith finish its work. So what is this work? What course do you stay on? And it's this, that God has built a desire for purpose into each one of us. And our purpose as a Christian is not to live for ourselves or for our own families or just the things that we care about. But it's, and it's definitely not just putting our heads down and surviving. That's not perseverance or grit. But it's to live for others as well, to reach out and to love the people that God loves, both in this church, both in the city, who know God and those who don't know God. That is our purpose. This week I was talking to a lady and she said something that struck me so deeply. It says, in this season when so many need hope, Anything I can do to give people hope, I will do. This is a lady who has the kingdom of God in her heart and her mind, who is living with her purpose, living out her purpose, and not letting the season dictate to her. My second part is heart. Sometime I'll, I'll, I'll maybe give you a message called Confessions of a Pastor's Wife. It'll be ugly, but it'll be good. <laughs> And to persevere or to have grit, we need to have heart, to have courage. And we also need to fight to keep our hearts right. According to a website called Christian Bible Reference, the word heart is mentioned 489 times in the Old Testament and 81 times in the New Testament. That's a total of 570 times. Our hearts are very important. And in this season, we need grit. We need to persevere and we need to win the fight. And make no mistake, we are in a fight. There's a scripture in, in Peter, 1 Peter, that talks about the, di- uh, the devil walking around like a prowling ra- lion, ready to devour you. That's strong language. <laughs> Tyron Daniel says this. He says, you can be sure of three things. One, that everyone has a plan for your life. Two, that the devil hates you. And three, that God loves you. So I'm going to highlight three things that we should be fighting for in this season. The first is that we should fight for community. Together, it's such a powerful word and one that I believe is so deep on God's heart. In fact, it describes who he is, three in one, together. God's church is a healing community. And it is within each other that healing flows. For those who are watching at home today, 
let me say this, that online church is great, but if it's your permanent address, actually, there's a problem. (laughs) It should be a temporary address, because if the devil can isolate you, he will. And then he'll start whispering in your ear that no one misses you, or you're not worth anything, or not have nothing, no part to play. And when you're at home, it's very hard to reach out and actually touch other people. For us, we need to not underestimate the power, the supernatural power that comes with the gathering of the saints. The second thing we need to fight for is we need to fight for our relationships. Oh, this is a goodie. (laughs) And today I'm going to highlight just fighting for relationships in this community that God has given us. That God has planted us as brothers and sisters. We're family, and he's, he's put us together. And yet it's something that we give on or give up on way too easily. Ryan Leake says in his book, Unoffendable, it's a brilliant, brilliant read. Uh, It says, the strategy of the enemy is to put distance between us and the people we love the most. One offense at a time. Being unoffendable isn't about getting, never getting offended. It's about staying, not staying offended. Love is fighting for friendships even when it's hard or when we disagree. Love is staying instead of going. And remember, I'm talking to us in the context of church, of this body. Love is being confronting, even when confrontation is not your thing. Love is grace. Love is kindness. Love is loving despite the hurt. Love is forgiveness. And love is putting up with the awkward first steps of reconciliation. Love defeats the enemy. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 6 to 7 says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It was always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and also always perseveres. The scripture was not written for marriage ceremonies. It was written to a church in trouble who were fighting with each other. Never knew it was so awkward to drink in front of people. <laughs> the third thing we need to fight for, and this will be my final point for this this morning on heart, is we need to fight for those who can't. There's many in this season who actually cannot fight for themselves because they've been struck down by exhaustion, by grief, by sin, by deception, by depression, by mental health. I want to make a few side notes on mental health. It is a bit of a buzzword these days. But mental health, part of your healing, will come in a healing community. 
I have a side note for those who are struggling with mental health, and I know it's often easier to watch at home, and so I'm speaking to you today. There's many different reasons, and we can often believe that God can't use us where we are. There was a word about that this morning. Um, Don't wait for COVID to be over. It's the same here. Don't wait for your healing before you allow God to use you. We can often believe that God can't use us where we are, and that's simply not true. The Bible is full of examples of broken people who bring healing and freedom to communities. And so this morning I just felt that God wanted to say something to you. He wanted to say, ooh, I can't get past this without crying, so if I jump up and down and stop. (laughs) He wants to say, well done. Well done for getting out of bed, for making a decision, for turning up when all you wanted to do was to give up. No one knows that the the battles you fight, and sometimes every minute of every day, you think you're not brave. I'm telling you that people who are battling in this area are battling and fighting a fight, and you're some of the bravest people. I oh, know. <laughs> and I want to remind you this morning that this is a season, it's a beginning and an end. It'll end, God's light will come. God has put you in a community, and you will get through this, and God will use you where you are. He's faithful and He knows you. So well done. I can't remember the next point. Okay, hero. (laughs) And this is the most amazing point of all, is that we have a hero. Hero and Jesus wins every time. And this isn't a Marvel book, uh, tortured soul kind of hero. This is a real to goodness hero. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's Hebrews 1 verse 2. It says, we look away in Hebrews 1 verse 2 in the Passion Translation. So it's the same verse, just in a different translation. And it says, we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us, who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right right hand of our God. Our hero is Jesus. In the beginning of Luke 4, it starts telling us about um, Jesus' ministry. It starts like this. It says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And we cannot persevere. We cannot just suck it up and move on without the power of the Spirit in our lives. After this, Jesus stands up and he preaches uh, 
arguably his first public preach, and he reads from Isaiah 61, and he reads this, and this is the promise. He says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Now, I just want to pause here to remind you that we are Christians. Christians means little Christ. We are in fact, they, in the early times, they called, they mocked the Christians. They called them little Christians simply because they were acting like Jesus. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And here is our purpose. The next slide. And provide for those who grieve in, in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called the oaks of righteousness and a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Jesus is our hero. In Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says this. It says, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off, see the action, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Perseverance, grit, staying the course, demands action. And if God has been tugging on your heart this morning, then I would challenge you to respond by taking an action. And you may be lying there exhausted and saying, actually, I have nothing in me to give. I have nothing in me to help someone else. Remember this, that the smallest action is an act of defiance. I know the times in my life where I thought I was at my most broken, the times where I've actually said no more, as generally saying no more ministry, no more this, no more that, that it's those times where what I've had to do is suck it up and move on just as an act of defiance, saying, actually, the devil will not win in the circumstance. I will make up with that person. I will forgive this action just so that my king is the victor. So take an action this morning as the Holy Spirit prompts you. It could be that um, you jump onto our website now. And you book tickets for our pre-meeting on Wednesday night to come and pray with people. It could be booking tickets for next Sunday to come on site for the first time in a very long time. It could be that by fighting your depression is you just go and lie right now on the couch instead of on your bed. It could be closing your computer that work all encompassing work at the moment and just going out and having a little bit of fun or phoning someone that God has been reminding you about or reaching out and asking for help. 
for making a decision right here, right now, not to be offended. Whatever it is, today I'm encouraging you, encourage, courage, to not give up. We have our hero in our corner who equips us, enables us, gives us everything we need, wherever we are. He's loving us. He's fighting for us. Stay the course.